Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. I, of course, am your host, Kim Doyle, and I'm really excited, and it feels like this conversation should have happened years ago, but... As all good things happen in divine timing, I believe the same is true with this. So today I have Corey Miller on the show. What is up, Corey? Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks, Kim. A big ditto to all of that. Um, when we got to meet a couple months ago for the first time, it was just kind of like that. Uh, duh, what? What? what are we? Why haven't we met before? So kindred spirits for sure, and I always love talking to you. Well, thank you. I totally felt the same way. Um, so for those of my listeners who may or may not be familiar with you, I would love it if you could just kind of do a little backstory before we jump into the meet um, about what you were doing prior to where you are today. You bet. So in 2006, real quick, I um, started a blog. Uh, had nothing to do with what I've done for the last 10, 11 years, but uh, started a blog and discovered this platform called WordPress. And eventually wanted to tweak my own WordPress theme. And so I started kind of dabbling, learning HTML, CSS. And then I was like, well, I'll put out a free WordPress theme. It's how better to learn than to put something out and see how people interact with it. And this weird phenomenon happened. People started emailing me and say, to say, could you design my blog? Could you design my website? And uh, I was like, uh, I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> but I eventually... Um, Started to do freelance web design on the side and and eventually, um, as most of these stories go, was making more money with my freelance uh, career than I was the job I had at the time. And um, so about a year and a half after that, um, I had met some uh, really great people. I'm based in Oklahoma and really great Oklahomans and um, had pitched the idea for what would become iThemes.com. And in January 2008, we rolled out one of the first commercial WordPress theme businesses called iThemes and uh, then rode that wave through all the ups and downs and turns and side-by-sides. Um, we eventually created plugins. Um, our hit plugin was called Backup Buddy. It's still in existence. The team is still running the show over there. And then in, let's see, 2018, um, we were acquired by a great hosting company named Liquid Web. And uh, I helped transition the team and all that for about a year. And then earlier this year, left to go back out on my own and what I'm calling my starting again phase. So um, it's been a it's been a fun ride, but that's a little bit about me professionally. Holy moly. I meant I never asked you either. What what were you doing when you decided to start blogging? Like, what was your job? What were you working at? So the funny joke, my my buddy told me at the time was you're, you're, you're a very advanced copy, uh, copier person. <laughs> um, <laughs> at the time I was a communications director for a church in Northwest, uh, Oklahoma city. I had worked for two churches in the seminary and was doing communications work for them, which kind of meant the bulletin on Sunday and the Wednesday night little flyer that went out and, uh, email and website type stuff. 
Wow. I just, it's always fun to hear because sometimes, I mean, that sort of one thing leads to another and other times it's like, they're not related at all. And I, I think it's great for people to hear that because you, you simply don't know. And just because you're doing one thing today does not mean you have to stay in that lane. It's something I've went back, Kim, honestly, and like really tried to think back about the circumstances because I'm trying to do a similar thing again, which is start something that is good and sustainable and rewards me and I can build a team and cares for clients and people and, and team and things like that. And so uh, I always love the origin stories too, uh, but it really goes back to, I'm trying to repeat some of those same things, publish, um, publish stuff, put things out online. Um, I love your hashtag, just show up. Um, <laughs> and that I'm just trying to like show up and see where the next path opens up and takes me. I love that. Uh, one more question with iThemes before we pivot a little bit is how did that acquisition come about? If you don't mind me asking, yeah. like, I'm sure there are plenty of people who are like, yeah, I want to build it and sell it. Other people are like, I can't imagine selling, which I, based on what we've chatted about was not your intention, obviously, when you started. Right. You know, early on, I was at a WordCamp and somebody says, what, somebody raised their hand and was like, what's your exit strategy? And I said, exit strategy? I don't have an exit strategy. I fi- finally found the best job I've ever had um, being an entrepreneur. Uh, with gr- working with great people and serving great people. And I don't want to exit this. Well, um, <laughs> what I know now is that things change, you know, um, good things. You try to ride them as long as you can, but just things change. And so um, it goes back about, I think it was 2016, um, Liquid Web reached out. We had a, we had a product called iTheme Sync, which did remote updates of WordPress websites. And um, they wanted to uh, resell that with their managed WordPress hosting packages. And so they came down, did a deal, and I thought, you know, um, I, I just wanted to, hey, is there more to this? And um, we started out with a partnership, and then eventually, of course, uh, they we went through the purchase agreement process and, and sold to them. But what, for me, the decision to sell was, what changed was realizing, you know, there's big behemoths in the space like GoDaddy, um, WP Engine is just absolutely killing it. LiquidWeb's there, Pagely, all these different hosting companies. And some of them had a ton of money behind them. And they were taking, obviously, because they needed to build their products, um, they were taking things that we had you know, built products around and and creating features for their packaging. Now they weren't using our tools or anything, but they were saying, for instance, every host for the most part now has backups. Well, that was our key uh, revenue generator, backup buddy. And then mm-hmm. I, if you just play it out, I thought, well, okay, next to the, the 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 task list is security and different things like that. Well, GoDaddy had bought Managed WP and Security, uh, you know, in the year or two before. Um, all of this. And so I was kind of looking out and going, man, we are David versus Goliath, but I'm not sure our slingshot is going to take down Goliath this time. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of this notion of, okay, you know, do we try to find the best home for our team, um, which I believe we did, where they have upward mobility and, and uh, the ability just to, you know, grow in their career. Uh, prior to that, they had, you know, unless Matt, Dana, or I left, they didn't have a lot of upward mobility there. And then also get the most value and make sure it was right for the long term for the products and customers. And so we found that with Liquid Web, but that was kind of the the decision behind it all is to even entertain being acquired is, um, 
you know, looking out onto the landscape and going, there's, I, we're just outmanned out, uh, there's, there's out dollared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, sorry with that. I mean, I, I can only imagine that it probably felt like, I don't know, like cutting off a limb or selling a child. <laughs> So that's, it's, it's true. Uh, there are definitely some huge feelings that go with that when, you know, I, 10 years, uh, doing it all, building the business, uh, the team and, but, but I had two friends that had exited their companies before me. And so I got a kind of front row seat to, um, that transition, but even that probably didn't prepare me for, you know, Kim more so than, okay. I thought, oh, okay, I think this thing I built is my baby. That's one thing, but it's way down the list to, number one, the relationships I built with my team. Um, You know, I've been in their weddings, been traveled with them, I mean, done life with them, you know, and then professionally saying I'm leaving and, uh, you know, I love you, but we won't see each other every single day. That's probably the biggest. But the other side is identity. And not just that I'm CEO of, of iThemes, but um, now when people ask me, Kim, uh, what do you do? <laughs> My wife, and you've met her, Lindsay, she gets so frustrated because I don't give the, I don't have the two sentence elevator polished pitch down. I go, uh, I, I'm, I'm consulting. I'm a consultant. <laughs> and that's like my default thing right now. But Deep down there is, you know, it's like, okay, I'm obviously, I've got identities in the sense of I'm the husband of Lindsay, I'm the father of Callaway and Lillian, but this huge professional piece, which was I'm founder of iThemes, no longer is there. Now I'm still the founder, right? But but I don't, that's not my, you know, day job, I guess. And uh, that has been probably the toughest besides the relationships. Yeah, it's it really, I mean, you have sort of, live that you're not who you are. I mean, you're not what you do. You're not what you have, right? Mm-hmm. That element of that, it's like we we all sort of understand that philosophy, so to speak. But when you take away that you're not what you do, it's like, huh, at the same time, it's really part of your innate drive in life is that what you do serves and fulfills you and fulfills other people, right? So, uh, which brings us into this next chapter, which it's pretty exciting. So, you know, when we talked on your show and then afterwards too, it's like you're kind of playing around with a lot of ideas, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me, I, I don't know how much you want to share, where you want to go with it. But first of all, what did you start looking at in order to step into this next journey? Like what are some things you evaluated or thought about or felt? Oh yeah, that's exactly, I mean, when, I knew my time had come to an end and I was getting ready to exit um, the company. Um, It was okay. Going back to, I I really didn't have a backup plan in the sense of my career. You know, I'd put all my eggs into the iThemes basket. And so the first question was, what am I interested in? And I know passion gets thrown around quite a bit and I'm guilty of that too. But um, so I started going, okay, uh, what did fulfill me in the last decade of my life professionally? Well, one was uh, building, coaching, mentoring people. Um, you know, we had a pretty young group, and uh, Matt, for instance, who took over as GM after I left. Um, you know, he's in his early thirties, and the, working with some of the team that I had at iThemes was some of the most fulfilling times I had. So I go, okay, let me put down young leaders. Um, 
I lo- I like coaching. I like mentoring. I like supporting people. That was that was another career passion. Uh, mental health was a big bold letter with underlined. Um, you know that that's something publicly for the last five years I've shared my own personal story about. And uh, so I put mental health and I didn't know where that would go. I know I like technology too, um, but I thought, well, let's, okay, these are some of the areas, coaching, mentoring, that kind of thing, um, young leaders and, and mental health. And that's kind of the path I've uh, struck out on uh, back in January. And um, I'll tell you, you know, Kim, you know this so well. If entrepreneurship was easy, everybody would do it, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And now I realize why this 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 gig we have called entrepreneurship is so special because y- you have to be willing to put up a lot of uncertainty, uh, doubt, and uh, lack of clarity. Sometimes I, I feel like entrepreneurship, for me at least, is particularly in this stage, is so much of an exploration is kind of like Lewis and Clark venturing across uh, the, you know, North America (laughs) (laughs) where they don't know if they're going to hit a swamp, hit a mountain, you know, what kind of dangers lurk ahead. And that so much feels like a return back to, you know, the earliest days of entrepreneurship for me. So that's, that's the last like 10 months of my life, probably in a capsule right there. Well, and add to that, the you don't have the ignorance is bliss element of starting the first time, right? I mean, because really when, like, I don't know, I remembered starting and it was just like, gosh, you, you think about what WordPress even looked like in 2006 and seven and stuff. And, and so you didn't know what you could and couldn't do and you'd always find a way. So in essence, you're there again, except you have all of this experience and knowledge. And so... There's, there's sort of this, how do I leap trusting with faith and the excitement, except not be jaded or take what I've learned. Do, do you know what I'm saying? There's oh, a balance gosh. between oh, gosh. taking what you've learned, but not letting what you think you know get in the way. There's so much of balance because you're so right. 2008, when I started iThemes, um, that was also the year of like this huge economic crash. Oh. Uh, you know, we started and I just didn't like looking back, just didn't understand the gravity of the financial situation, the country and perhaps world we're in and the ignorance is bliss thing. Yeah. How hard it would be. What were the ups and downs? Um, the ignorance is bliss. Like I, it's, it's kind of like, um, when I first had kids is that you just kind of have no other choice. You just got to do it. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, set your kids down on the uh, step of a church or something? There's no way. You just got to get through it. And so I had no idea, for instance, with kids that I could do with sleep deprivation that I have. Uh, <laughs> um, and and the same goes for business. And you're you're so right. There's so much good about having the ignorance um, is bliss kind of thing because uh, you don't know what's ahead of you. Um, that's what it, so it's like the experience I've had the last 10 years is so good and valuable and I'm, I treasure it. Um, but on the same touches, you know, I, there was a, there was less distraction. There was a lot more focus, uh, I think then because I didn't know all of these other things, um, going into it. Well, and even with, um, so that's kind of the, the personal side of it. And then you look at, I don't know. It's crazy. When I you th- look back to like the industrial age, right? Obviously, we weren't alive, but that was it spanned decades, right? Mm-hmm. And so, one thing to develop would take a long time. With technology, 
it's like the those decades are getting cut. And so things move so quickly and they happen so fast. And so, you know, I, I'm curious with having built something based on technology. And I mean, and obviously with WordPress, I, I just, I remember getting started with WordPress. And then when the theme houses kind of started coming up and then page builders, and it's like, who knows what it's going to look like. But knowing that that changes so quickly, is that something you want to go into? Or are you open to it? Or are you really looking more for sort of the human side of business and then using technology to drive that? Yeah, I definitely want to focus on humans, but I don't want to leave out the experience I have with technology because I want to see technology be used for the betterment of humankind. Um and so applying that to new fields, I don't want to leave that out for sure. I mean, I, I feel like I would, I went through these, this journey, this, these paths, uh, for a reason that, you know, it's leveraging it for the next chapter kind of thing. Um, and I know all of it kind of matters. And so I'm trying, but the way I describe it to people is I, I want to put some things in my hand, but not grip them so tightly that, I don't let go of things. I want to, uh, as far as like a path to go on, um, I want to say, I, I want to see what is in mental health, you know, but I'm not like gripping it so tightly. Okay. It has to be mental health and technology kind of thing. I want to go, okay, I have yeah. these things in my hand. I want to see where they go. Um, but be open to the journey. Cause that's how it happened. I mean, I look back, uh, my entire tenure at iThemes and so many things happened. I think strategically, some were, were luck, um, kind of thing, but it was a serendipitous journey of fall, doing good by people, um, trying to do good work and see where that path, path led. And it led to some really great heights that I couldn't have imagined, you know, 12, 13 years ago. That, you know, that piece someone had said to me recently, I actually think it was my therapist. And she said, you know, we can only imagine what is in our consciousness, right? Like what we know and what we've experienced. And so by, by not holding on to what it's supposed to look like, it could look 10 times better than you could even imagine, right? And so that element of just being open, having a direction is, is gold, I think, um, I'm just, I'm excited to see where this takes you, Corey. Well, thank you. I, I am too. And based on our last conversation, I haven't, I've been like, my mind has still been going on what you encouraged me uh, to, to really do and look into. Um, it is, it is so to me and talking to other entrepreneurs, you, you all get it. You get it. Um, it's hard though. When I tell my dad goes, how are things going? And I'm like, you know, <laughs> he, he's, he's worked for other people for the bulk of his life. Um, uh, now he's retired, but, and, and nothing against my dad at all. But, uh, I think most people just don't understand the gig that we have as being an entrepreneur where we deal with so much uncertainty, um, that most people go, okay, no, I don't want to do that. I want to have somebody else think about, take care of those type of things. But I, I want to go back. I don't know if I truly address this, but technology is so incredible has so many opportunities for um, the betterment of us. However, um, there's so much disruption going on with technology, and that's what we saw. Uh, I think started around the first, uh, the time when the first iPhone came out, and th- you know, two three years into that in the business with the iPhone changed life as we know it, and also our business. It altered mm-hmm. the landscape, and you know, technology. I, I'm such a 
a, a believer in technology and that it can do better. And it's, but it's, it's disrupting some key things in our society along the way. Government can't catch up. Education's just not going to catch up as fast as it needs to with technology and leveraging those type of things. But in any business, I think there's, we, in any business, I, I think about any business that can be out there, you've got to, as a business owner, think through what is, what, how could, uh, disruptions in general happen to my business, but also this technology thing. I, I love it. It's so good, but it's also something I think we need to t- uh, keep track of because it, it it is disrupting some key things in our life as we know it. Oh, I. it's why do you think it, you look at people and entrepreneurs now who are doing things like unplugging, right? I mean, the fact that that's uh, when we talk about unplugging, people know it means getting off of social media, getting off of tech, you know, getting outside, whatever. But so you look at that element. I mean, it's, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with the disruption, um, ch- kids' lives, education, all that stuff. It, it is phenomenal. So that kind of is a good pivot. If you're up for it is <clears throat> to the mental health piece of it, because that, uh, you know, I know like WPN up is doing a lot in the WordPress space for mental health. And but what drew you specifically to kind of pivot in that direction? To mental health. Um, So in 2015, I shared my story for the first time ever publicly about um, divorce and depression. And it was this time where I had gotten, you know, had gotten some success in life and business uh, and not just financially, but just things were good and just thinking through, okay, what what kind of stories can I share that where I. I've either hurt or the mistakes I've been through and can share publicly. And for some reason, I put this talk down to share uh, entrepreneurship and mental health, my journey and some of the things I learned. And it was from a time past before that, uh, one of the lowest points in my life. And I thought, well, I learned some key things that changed me fundamentally about how I do things, how I gather support network around myself. And uh, when I gave that talk, it just, the incredible impact and the resonance, the reverb that came back from that was, it was very clarifying me for me to say, this is a part of my life mission now. No matter if I make money from it or not, I will always tell my story when I'm asked because I got DMs. I got people talking to me at that conference. Um, I've shared that same or similar story probably about a dozen times since then. Same thing every time I talk about it online and just seek to end the stigma about mental health and share that I have as someone perceived maybe with some success in business to be able to say, yeah, I've struggled with depression. I've been through a divorce to admit these things. Most times we don't, we button those up and try to put on a mask about it. And as I've done that, the, that reverb of impact has just incredibly empowered me and, and focused me on this. This is the most impactful work I've ever done in my life professionally is, and I say professionally because, you know, I get, I go along as the banner of whatever I'm doing at the moment, but, um, that just, I, and I've always been a personal growth, uh, had a personal growth focus and I've been a prolific reader and always trying to make myself better, help myself and share things that I'm learning. And, um, but now it became this different, like broader focus. And it's really about changing it, it's really about kicking down doors so others can walk through. And the biggest of which is ending the stigma around 
mental health. I want to obliterate it from the face of the earth. It's I can't do it alone for sure, but I want to do my part to obliterate it, wipe it clean from the earth so that people can don't have to suffer in silence and can get help and support that they justly need and feel good about asking other people for help and support. And uh, so it's just part of my life mission now, and it came from all of those events. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Corey. And I, I think... I don't know, in my own personal experience in sharing that, that raw vulnerable element about mental health is it is such a connection piece. It's such a connection. And as much as it's becoming more mainstream to talk about it, um, there is still a lot of stigma around um, whether it's seeing a therapist, you know, like when I shared, you know, like my mom passed away this summer and I've been trying to get my dad to go to a grief support group and different generation, right? He's 75 and he's like, Oh, you know, and I'm like, there is so much power in getting it out of your body and having that conversation. And especially with a professional who can guide you down that path. Um, what, what element do you think? And I I'm curious is for entrepreneurs specifically, it can be really lonely, right? I mean, what do you think are some of the challenges that entrepreneurs face from that because you've got I'm sorry to, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to let you answer at some point. Um but on one hand you've got there can be an innate um element to someone's personality to who they are that maybe they're prone to depression or there's there's stuff going on, you know, uh, genetically or whatever at the same time there are life circumstances to your point that can trigger depression or mental health challenges and stuff. So for entrepreneurs, what are some ways do you think they can navigate that or pay attention to prevention maybe? Oh gosh, yes. I'm glad you asked that because that's part of the the story that I tell because it's most uh it's my story, right? Um I think one of the problems, one of the obstacles, uh, and there's a cultural element too in this, and I think it, it with particularly with males, and I and I, I've, I'm obviously a guy identified as a male, and and I grew up in Oklahoma, which uh, you know there's a macho hunting, fishing culture, sports culture that I did, did men are men, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so I think there's a cultural element, particularly with. Uh, male entrepreneurs that says, you know, I'm admitting that I'm weak if I go see a counselor or talk about my emotions, uh, which is patently false. I think I've, I've tried to share a model of, you know, I feel like I'm just a man's man as any other person, um, any other man. And I love my uh, children and my wife and, uh, but I can still talk about my emotions too. Um, but beyond that, I think there's this, I call it super, super, uh, hero syndrome or wonder woman syndrome, which is I've got everything under control. I got this. I, you know, and I think it's part of being an entrepreneur. We're wired to just get the work done that needs to be done and not, we don't have very many people to gripe to. And we take the world on our shoulders and there's, uh, there's this term called rugged individualist, which is, you know, I can, I can do everything I need to do. I can handle everything by myself, which in my life, I have failed so many times trying to do that, uh, belligerently trying to go, no, I got this. I got this. I'm going to get, got this by myself. I can put this all on my shoulders. I think as entrepreneurs, it's just part of that job is like, if there's a problem, we go and solve it. So if there's an internal thing, we go, no, I can handle this. I can do this. But the reality is we're created as for community, 
for social, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the first, think back about the first um, humans and tribes and small communities doing life together. That was part of our existence. We're wired to be social creatures. And then entrepreneurship is such a, you know, most people don't get it. And we're kind of these, these sometimes these oddballs of like, why don't you just get a job? Uh, my <laughs> grandfather, who happened to be an entrepreneur, by the way, when I told him I wanted to be a businessman, said, why don't you go get a job and get a pension? So even an entrepreneur, some people don't even get it. Um, so I think that's part of it. And there's a, pr- there's a pride or a shame or an embarrassment in it. And by the way, I've done, I've felt and done all of those. And the reasons why I haven't gotten or reached out for asking for help, it's tough to re- reach out and ask for help uh, for me. Um, and I've had to fight everything inside of me that says, no, you got this, you got this, you're, you're super, Superman, you know? Um, and the reality is every time I try to do that, I fall flat on my face. Oh my God. I am, you're preaching to the choir and it's, I've made it super public uh, that I see my therapist still that I found in 2003. And it's, it, it's sort of my, um, I don't know, my course correction all the time. And there are times I schedule a call with her. I go see her. She moved out of the area, but I'll, I'll go do that just because I'm feeling off. I can't pinpoint it, but I'm like, I don't want it to spiral. Um, you know, one piece of that I was thinking too, and I'm curious on your thoughts on this because you've been on this journey for 10 years. You went through stuff, you've shared it. Some of that, and I don't know, this might sound a little woo-woo. I feel like some of that is kind of part of our journey, right? Like had you not experienced that, you wouldn't have this platform and this voice and this this position to help now create a change and a movement, so to speak, right? And And True. some of it I feel... I don't know, the older I get, the less I want to do things all by myself or alone or I mean, and I don't mean from a I need help. But yes, I need help. I have no problem saying I don't want to do this. I got it. I can't do this by myself. So where do you see that journey? You know, some of it you have to kind of experience. On the other hand, I don't know, I think if people could start asking for help sooner, we could change the world. Oh, Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think part of making the mistakes and is learning and, and all that. Uh, for me, I want to leverage it and help others. So, so particularly the pain and suffering I felt personally as an entrepreneur and just human in the world. I, if I, if, if my story or sharing something can help somebody alleviate some of the pain, I'm all for it. And then I go, okay, there was, there was a really even a richer purpose in that time of suffering. And, and I've seen that true. Uh, it, it's, that time of suffering was so worth it in order to make the impact that I've been able to make, make by sharing the story that you don't have, it's changing mindsets. You know, that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. It's changing this mindset of, I have to go it alone when you go, no, it's funny. I've been in, I've been in entrepreneurial peer groups for nine years now. And I think I've talked to you about that, Kim. Um, but in these groups, it's very personal. There's kind of three aspects you talk about. You try to get to the top, percent and the bottom percent, you know, 5% uh, in these groups, fellow entrepreneurs that get it and there's all confidentiality. And I'm such a believer in groups because of this, but when you start to hear people give their updates, how's the last 30 days gone in these groups? Every single time I've met with entrepreneurs in these groups or just lowered the shields and been able to talk with other entrepreneurs, I go, everyone has the same problems with different names attached to it. See, Early on in my career as an entrepreneur, I felt like 
um, man, I have these kind of unique problems and they're special to me. <laughs> and then I go, oh, I start hearing these stories over the last 10 years. And I'm like, nope, they're not. I'm not a special snowflake. Man, life hasn't just pinpointed me out for, you know, particular uh, enhanced suffering necessarily. It's like, no, everybody that has a team, they deal with people issues. If you've got clients or customers, you deal with people issues. Um, <laughs> you try to win that win of those out. Um, money is always an, an issue. And then, you know, the varying experiences of how you asked my origin story about entrepreneurs, how you get into entrepreneurship, all those vary. Well, if you're married to somebody before you become an entrepreneur and then one day wake up and you go, I'm an entrepreneur, that person hasn't necessarily thought to themselves, I choose to be the spouse or significant other of an entrepreneur. Which yeah, has, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, which has complications. So it's it's just such a unique uh, uh, life to live. One that I treasure and value, and that's why I love entrepreneurs. But I, I, it's like I think you believe this too: is that everything happens for a purpose, and I just want to make sure I leverage all of that for someone else's better. God, Corey, I just I love that, and you know, I think um, you know, as you were talking about that, and and the piece of we all have the same problems. Um, it's funny. So I was. I'm always excited about being in the car by myself because I just get to listen to stuff forever, right? So I kind of was <laughs> jumping around yesterday on my like nine hour trek between a podcast or an audiobook. And one of the audiobooks I was listening to uh, is Copywriting Secrets by Jim Edwards. It just came out. And I was thinking about copy and bear with me, this is going to hopefully <laughs> circle back yeah, but, yeah. Uh, with with the mindset of entrepreneurs and copywriting, you know, was one of those those things that I always thought. I'm just not good at it. And it just, it didn't resonate with me. And instead of, you know, in 2008, when I started saying, okay, I'm going to start wrapping my head around this. I'm going to practice this. I'm going to focus on this. And again, I think this is part of the learning experience. Um, It it was just, I kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off until (laughs) everything else wasn't working. And that's just one little piece of it. But the point being a mindset around, you know, selling and making offers as an entrepreneur and, how that worked because it didn't resonate because I didn't understand the craft, et cetera. But that all ties into money, right? And so it took enough of me saying, well, I did that. It didn't work. I did that. I didn't work. I remember having a sales page and someone was like, what is, this doesn't tell me what this is about. And I was like, oh God, you know, Mm -hmm. but what, what those, so on one hand, the failures then start eating away because it's, why can't I make this work? Everybody else is making money. Why is everybody else's launch taking up? all those little things that happen to us as entrepreneurs? But yet we get in our own way of stepping back and really getting good at the craft. And I think part of that is you sort of have to go through it, right? Mm-hmm. But when you sit and have conversations with other people and you hear it all, because now I don't do a ton of coaching, but when I talk to people and they're saying like, why can't I, I see my friends and they're making six figures and I see this and I'm working hard. And it's like, we are literally our own worst enemies all the time with the stuff that goes on in our minds. And for me, that's just been sort of this, and it seems so obvious now, it all comes down to mindset. Everything you're doing comes back to how you approach this. And so, you know, mm-hmm. from a coaching perspective, like if you're consulting or, you know, you said you've worked with a lot of young people in this, where is that? I don't know that connection or that piece that says it. it okay. You're going to laugh at this, but kind of like Mr. Miyagi, the wax on <laughs> wax off. There's uh-huh. like an actual reason to get good at this. And then over here, there's this, uh, but I want to go, you know, 
I want to go do karate. I don't want to wash your car. So yeah, it's that mindset piece. I don't know if any of that made sense, but I'm thinking you probably followed me. So yeah, yeah. how how do you guide someone or get people to shift? It's like if only if I could tell anybody anything, I'm like, get really good at writing. I swear to God, it'll make every bit of difference in your business. Uh-huh. So the so related to entrepreneurship, you mean? Well, yes, yes, absolutely. Where we were talking about Corey's all Kim, you got to give me a question out of that. Um, <laughs> but but that that sector, that piece of mindset, right? And realizing that we all go through it, we all suffer it, and especially in today's world where we do, you live the highlight reel. So mm-hmm. many people live the highlight reel, yep. and they compare themselves. But this, there's this massive connection of everything you've gone through. Somebody else has gone through. You're not in it alone, but how do you get the mindset right or shifted to start moving and making progress? Oh gosh, what a what a good question. For me, ten hours later. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's a great question. For me, it was when I was face down, and and I'm sorry, this sounds graphic, but face down on the gravel and being drugged. That's the way my life felt several times, mm-hmm. where I said, "This must change." When when things when the pain was so for me i'm motivated by pain when the pain was so bad that i had to lower my um my my shields um i mean kim so when i decided my my marriage of 7 years was over um my parents didn't even know that the state of my what was going on in my life the past 6 months prior to that but they were the first people i called and you talk about a humbling experience when you're sitting there hurting really bad. And the first people you want to reach out to are your parents. My parents are divorced. They've been divorced since I was four years old. Mostly hated each other, I think. Um, but they were the first people I called. And they were the first people to run into my life. And then my brothers and their, and their wives who are incredible. Um, but that was, it was because I was like, I had become to the end of myself. And the pain was so bad that I had to forego pride and embarrassment and reach out for help. So I don't know. There's those moments, particularly with entrepreneurs that we go through where the pain is so bad when we just, okay, we're out of money. We don't know when we're going to make payroll. And those moments, I think for me, were the moments I go, I've got to reach out. I've got to find other entrepreneurs that I can be friends with, that I can try to live life with. And thankfully, I found Entrepreneurs Organization and the forum group that I mentioned earlier, some of the stuff that we're trying to do through leader.team now. Um, But reaching out and finding peers, having a counselor. So for me, it was nine years ago now. to have a a familiar relationship with a counselor, just like I have with my primary care doctor that I can call and get an appointment within a reasonable amount of time uh, that had familiarity with me and uh, my setup and some of the things that I struggle with. Um, And it all came out of pain. I was so, I'm still motivated by pain. Those times when I suffer the most, the times I have to reevaluate, the shields are up. And I think I see that with entrepreneurs and I've seen some very good friends go through things I've gone through, depression, divorce, and their outlook and mindset about counselors, about um, asking for help changes significantly. And sadly, sometimes that takes those times to do that. But I think also you and I sharing our story, we've both shared, we've got, we've got, we see our counselors on a regular basis, or at least I do. We, we have groups. Oh yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah. I know you have groups that you are a part of, whether they're called masterminds, whatever they are, you have 
deep friendships that you can go to. And the same with me. Um, and, and it's building that network. So sharing those stories and building that network, I think is part of that, um, part of the, part of the help to change those mindsets. I, I could not agree more. And there is that piece where you said, you know, being motivated by pain, you hit a point. Um, I, I know for me, like I was, I, I would say I'm kind of type A still, but I'm just, I think as I've gotten older, I'm just more chill about it. Yeah. But, but it's more of a, <clears throat> I remember, I want to say it was probably, I don't know, 2010 or 11, but I, something hit me and I'm like, I do not want to move through the rest of my life like this. Yes. I needed more ease. You just, you say what I'm doing isn't working. And I remember I felt like I had been given the keys to the kingdom when yes. I connected the dots that, holy moly, if I think differently, I can completely change my life. And obviously it's, it's such a process. It's such a lifetime learning experiential thing. And I have very solid, strong spiritual beliefs and practices, but it's like, I, I, you just hit a point where you can own. And I think maybe, I don't know, that would be one of my wish for entrepreneurs is to say what you're doing isn't working. Don't keep looking within yourself for a solution you don't have. Absolutely. We we end up carrying around all of this baggage and unnecessarily. And it, life can be so much better. And I believe truly the entrepreneurs have one of the most amazing opportunities in the world to change the world for the better. I mean, that's our job is to make lives better. We happen to get paid for it too, which is incredible. Um, and, and, but then we're dragging around all of this stuff that we don't need to carry by ourselves. That's not to say to blast things out on social media. That's, that's not therapy. That's not support. Um, but privately one-to-one to people you trust, licensed professional counselors, like you mentioned, uh, trusted friends that get it that are on the same or similar journey that you with the same or similar values as you um, uh, to if you have, if you're married to your spouse or significant other is your first partner in my belief my belief is um, I don't do much of anything in this world without talking to Lindsay Miller first <laughs> um, and and all those things come into play it can be so much better and then the entrepreneur can be freed up to go truly have way bigger impact to change the world. Amen. I, I, I would clap for you, but that would be really annoying, but I, I completely agree, Corey. And it's just that that piece of staying connected. And for myself, I know that I've learned when I start feeling off or I start feeling negative or, or the doubt starts coming in, it's like, Oh, you're out of alignment. It, it really has now become this indicator, right? That that's all it is to me. And I've learned not to feed it. It's It's been a journey to get here. And that's where I think people need to realize it's, you know, just that thought, like I went out this morning to go mail to the post office to go mail some planners. And I'm driving around this new city. And I was like, because I had thought I, I might be moving to Idaho. I've been playing with it. And I'm like, this is kind of lonely. Like, could I do this? Like, I don't know anybody up here. Yeah. At the same time, it's like, well, of course, it's lonely today. And you're tired. You drove yesterday. It's like, this doesn't mean this is what this looks like. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's oh, being gosh, able yeah. to, to capture those moments 
and recognize them for what they are and to stay present. Kudos to you for having that kind of awareness. Um, uh, my wife and I joked that my nickname should be Captain Oblivious because sometimes she'll <laughs> have to kind of like shake me and I'd lean on her so much uh, to go like, what are you seeing in my life? And then sometimes she knows how to order for me. I mean, it's crazy how much she, she knows me better than myself sometimes. But having those elements, I have to supplement, by the way. I'm not that self-aware. I have to be like, hey, Lindsay, uh, sober me up here. What, what am, am I thinking of, about this right? Um, but yeah, I, self-care and support is an essential. It's a non-negotiable. I think we're finally coming, you, you know, you mentioned earlier, we're kind of, as a culture, becoming more accepting of it. It's, it's, it's broadening, it's getting into the public um, discussion about mental health and self-care and things that it's not just, you know, um, treat yourself like Tom Haverford and, and necessarily going, you know, for a spa treatment or something, it, but it's broader than that. It's taking care of your physical health, your emotional health. Yeah. Having those R and R type days. If you do like the, the, uh, um, the spa, getting enough sleep, eating the right things. Some of these things that finally now at 43 years old, I'm finally kind of like, it's finally getting through my thick skull that maybe I need to drink a lot more water than I do instead of <laughs> drinking coffee all day. Um, you know, it's kind of good for my brain to drink water. <laughs> um, but well, just give it a few years, Corey, because your body will tell you like, oh gosh. I can't have dairy anymore. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? But anyways, <laughs> yeah, my body's been on strike for a couple of years now uh, <laughs> against me revolted. Um, but yeah, I, I think in having these conversations normalizes the conversation, which is so key, you know, bringing it into the public sphere and having a conversation about it and being open and, and then, then following it up with, you, you pointed out something so key, the social aspect, you know, this, our society is wired not to kind of lead us to the social aspect, uh, technology, or even how our houses and homes are built, uh, are wired to be more isolating, double that down with a very, very tough job called entrepreneurship. And you got a, you got a real problem that you have to go be proactive. I mean, I, fourth Tuesdays of every month is when my group meets my entrepreneur group and, Everybody in my life knows fourth Tuesday, fourth Tuesday. Don't ask Corey to be, to do something on the fourth Tuesday because that's his forum group. Because I know the value of them. I need them. If anything, just to show up and have discipline in my life, to show up with other people, friends that get it. Um, like I said, some of those have been through exits themselves. So I know that they, they know that the gig that we, we, we have. And, uh, so I, I have to, I know myself enough, like you said, to know I have to have these things that insulate me. Yeah. And it's giving yourself permission and you get to a point where, you know, the benefits so far outweigh it. I do that. You know, my therapist moved out of the Bay area. I drive three hours to go see her. I sit with her for three hours. And, and so I tell people, I'm like, just don't even contact me that day. Like I'm offline because it's my day to myself. And, and it is that, but that connection piece, I keep I'm going to share this. I'm sure you've heard it is Brene Brown. You know, she repeats over and over and over that we are hardwired for connection. Mm -hmm. And so that piece, and there is an element of seeking it out. And I have to tell you, like, I even made a point this morning at the post office. I'm like, I'm going to chat with the gal at the counter, the post office, the worker. I'm like, how's your day going? I'm like, Oh, I'm looking for a car washer on here. I'm like, can be social. Do not just like hunker in and sit in this Airbnb for two weeks. Like, experience do you know what i'm saying it's like i had to kind of tell myself 
be here in this moment. Yes, it was just a postal worker. Yes. Not that she's just a postal worker. Do you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, we're not going to go get coffee was my point. Yeah. Um, but it is that awareness piece. Taking a proactive step. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's huge. I mean, going to yourself, okay, I need to engage another human in conversation. <laughs> and if you're like me, that's kind of tough sometimes. Um, so, and I grant that. Like, but but knowing that that we are wired for connection, and I love Brene's uh, work, uh, uh, particularly on vulnerability, because mm-hmm. it's so craved in this world today is the vulnerability. That's why I think my stories probably stood out a little bit. Is okay this quote, successful business person, guy, sitting on stage. By the way, I cried in that talk. I broke down on stage. Uh, but um, being that vulnerable, in, in, and I think that's why it's resonated, but there's a deeper issue mm-hmm. here, I think, is that we crave and we miss vulnerability and authenticity. Like, you know, any when, when I meet an entrepreneur for the first time, and at some point, you know, you shouldn't just maybe spill your guts at the first meeting or whatever, but like when I'm talking to an entrepreneur and – well, you're a great example. You know, I knew you shared that your mom had passed away and it was very, it was this time of deep hurt and grief. I could feel it just when you talked about mm-hmm. it. Well, already it's like magnets, you know, like you sharing something that has happened that you probably hadn't shared before that. Um, and, and I felt this instant connection to you, you know, we crave that we're magnets for, for con- that connection and vulnerability and authenticity. And it's like a, thank you for that. It's an instant um, element of trust, right? And that's what you want because you you learn also. And I've found as I've gotten older that, okay, I trust this person to hold that for me. This person, it's not a, maybe I don't trust them, but it's more, it's not a comfort level. And so you, you learn to navigate that. And the only way you do it is by stepping into it. Yeah. And I think when we share our stories, whatever they are, of suffering in, in a way that we're, we're just, telling the short story for someone else's benefit to help, help them. Um, this, this thing that just pops up every time I hear about something that resonates with me is I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, you shared the grief of your mother. Lindsay had been through uh, about three years now, the grief of her brother. And uh, I know <laughs> sitting there that resonates that, I, that, that she can go, you know what? I'm not alone. And that we could have a conversation to experience this common thing called grief, uh, that it kind of resonates in the human condition that we lose people, that we hurt deeply because of that. And then we can go, gosh, I'm not alone. It's that whole same problem, different names. Like it's it's sharing with someone else that um, the confession that saying that I hurt like you. And then to see somebody who's gotten the other side, knowing we have this in common and I'm going to be okay. Yes. Oh, that's right. Good. Yeah. The follow-ups. Gonna, so good. Uh, someone, uh, someone asked me, <laughs> Kim, uh, at my entrepreneur's retreat over the summer, they said, okay, they asked the group this. They said, if you can go back and tell your 10 year old self something, one message, what would it be? And I said, instantly, everything's going to be okay. And I said, let me caveat that to them. I said, it's the same message. I hope the 10 year old version of me, if they flew back, back in time and, and could come back would say the same thing. It's the same message. I want to hear everything's going to be okay. Absolutely. I I love that question. I may have to throw that into every episode. The other thing I love, I think what I would tell my 10 year old self is be kind to yourself. Oh, just be kind. 
You know, it's we do so much more damage to ourselves than to other people. Um, we're winding down and I want to pivot and we're going to pick this up a little different direction. And this was actually inspired this morning. I was listening to um, the Marketing Secrets show with Russell Brunson. I'm not a ClickFunnels user, but I really, I like watching what he does. I think he is a master of his craft. And he was sharing the story of shutting down or pausing, excuse me, his, his inner circle, his private coaching. And, and he said one of his inner circle coaching uh, members made him realize because I think six years ago, ClickFunnels didn't exist. And what they've created is phenomenal, whether or not you're a fan or not, to watch that be built. Mm -hmm. And so he said one of his students was laying in bed and like, wow, okay, where, well, if they've done this in five years, where do I want to be in five years? And, and I look at what Russell Brunson's trying to, he's pretty vocal about taking it bigger and watching what Salesforce has done and all of that stuff. But it is that calling because his element is my kids are getting older. I need to spend more time with them. And so for you, like, what do you want your life to look like in five years? And, and, you know, what, I don't know, you've got this legacy piece, you've got this um, impact on the world and familial pull to spend time with people. So I don't know, Corey, what do you want your life to look like in five years? It, you know, back when iThemes, somebody would ask us, you know, what what does iThemes look in 10 years? And we go, oh, we don't know. But what we came down to was a core thing, which was for us, it was makes people's lives awesome with software. We always want to be in software. For me personally, in five years, I as, as long as what, I, what drives me is I, I want to make money. I need to make money. Um, but if purpose is making an impact on other people's lives, it doesn't matter what the role is, what the brand is, what what all that. As long as I spend the rest of my days making an impact. Right now, I'm still kind of in that figuring it out phase, um, but I do know I'm driven by. Uh, it's this sharing my story with mental health, for instance. Is, it's it put this even more emphasis on purpose with people um, and impact. Whenever there's an intersection of impact, whether that's a a business that allows me to have a side conversation with a young leader that, um, you know, I can kind of stoke, stoke the fire and help them guide them, um, to career purpose and success that those type of things, as long as each and every day I'm making some impact in other people's lives and I'm kind of greedy. I don't want to make it in just a couple of people's lives. I want to make it in a lot of people's lives. And so the five-year plan is getting there, getting some clarity about what I do professionally that makes money, but aligning, you said this word earlier, and I love the word aligning, aligning it with purpose. Wow. I freaking love that. I, you know, it's like, I really have started for business goals. I step, I, I step backwards and I'm like, well, how does that fit into my life? Does it allow me to spend time with people I care about or to travel or to take a nap or, you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of on that, I don't know, that fundamental and uh, something else I was listening to yesterday. God, I, I wrote it down somewhere, but it was, um, you know, don't be afraid to have big dreams. And so mm. I don't think it's greedy at all. I, I think really Corey, it's that innate pull to, to, I don't know, to leave a legacy and to make an impact. And it is so, so, so needed this this uh mental health issue um and making it i don't know that mainstream is even the correct word but just not yeah. taboo not people not being afraid of it that it should be no different to seek help and support whatever works for you it could right it could be a church it could it could be a counselor it could be walks it could be getting a pet whatever works for you exactly. um right 
Yes. Uh, there's a bunch of ingredients that, that, that scientifically you can put in there, but it's up to you <laughs> what that looks like, <laughs> your own brand. I know it's, for me, it's different than other people necessarily, but you know, uh, absolutely finding what works for you and what helps you be healthy and happy. Amen. Cora, God, I, I could talk to you all day and I'm sure <laughs> you know. we will be chatting soon. So where is the best place for people to connect with you? Best place is probably my website, CoreyMiller.com. And then uh, always on Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter at CoreyMiller303. And okay, there's the will, place they can get a hold of me. Okay. I will link to those in the show notes. As always, Corey, it's such a pleasure. And I can't wait to talk offline and, and hear how things are going. Ditto. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. Thanks so much.